0: Okay, so Blockbuster, it's about, ser- it's about uh, the movies, right? Sermons and uh, tied into movies in some way. So let me ask you this question. What does every great movie have? The one thing, this is my opinion, you may argue with me, uh, but I'm in charge right now, okay? What is the one thing that every great movie has to have or it's not a great movie? Action. I'm hearing lots of stuff, but I'm not hearing one words or two words. Some, say it loud or tell me something. What? Oh, I'm hearing it now. Plot. you got to have a plot because you, it can't even be a so-so movie without a plot. I mean, if it doesn't have a plot, I mean, it doesn't register anywhere on 1 to 10. You know, it doesn't get any stars or anything, you know. It's got to have a plot. What is the plot? The plot is the reason for the movie. You know, uh, unless you're a Fast and Furious fan. Uh, the plot is the reason for the movie, Right. <laughs> Okay, I just lost you. Let's see if I can pull it back in. <laughs> the plot is the reason for the movie. It's the purpose. It's the why. Why are these characters doing these things in this sto- it's the story. Somebody in the first service's storyline. Yes. It's the why. We need to know the why. I'm convinced there are a lot of people that are just floating through life. They're not doing anything to make their life better, and one of the reasons is because they don't know why. They don't know why they're doing so. They don't, they don't understand the true purpose in being a dad or being a, a, a husband or a wife. They don't understand the true purpose in sharing something with someone, being God's witness. Everything's, everybody's okay back there? Nobody's hurt? Okay, it's all good. Fast and furious. Did that get you back? Okay. We don't understand why. Okay, now I was a Trekkie before they were called Trekkies, okay? As a matter of fact, once they started calling people Trekkies, I kind of backed away from it because those people were weird, right? And I wasn't really weird, but I watched every single uh, TV episode of Star Trek before half of you guys were even born. And I know somebody said, well, that's not anything to brag about. It sounds like you're old. And I just want you to know, okay? And there was something on every single episode, and it's on, on uh, all the episodes, all the movies now that they're making as well, and it was on every single one, and it was the mission, let me remind you right here. The mission. We'll feel Space, that. the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Your ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Oh, I'm ready for the movie to start right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the good thing about those old TV episodes. You hear that. And now, man, it's ready. We're ready for the TV show and all that. So, uh, but the thing about that is, is that was their mission, their mission. It was what they were supposed to do—it was their purpose—and because they understood that, you know, that's what the whole thing was about. You know, different storylines every week, and yeah, and, and that, those 1960 TV shows, yeah, they were—they were a little goofy at times, but they had a storyline, they had a plot because they had a mission. There was a purpose in that, and we do understand our mission and our purpose. Okay, last week I, I, I've got—I got to say a big thank you. Last week, the entire staff was gone. We were on a mission trip to South Dakota. And uh, really cool. And, uh, it was a bold thing to do. I mentioned this to other pastors, and they were like, your whole staff is going to be gone that Sunday? Are you not having service? Did you cancel service? I said, no, we don't have to cancel service. You know why? Because we believe everybody has something awesome to do for Jesus. And whether the staff was here or not, you guys did. We have an awesome group of leaders and volunteers at 2911. Amen? Amen. Yes, we do. Give them a hand. We do. And I've heard nothing but great, just awesome, just awesome, you know, just wonderful. Everybody bragging and all that. Even my mom. Last Sunday, we finally got to a restaurant that had cell service, and so I called my mom and talked to her a little bit. And she was she was just telling telling me about how good everybody did, and and it uh, seemed like she missed everybody. She never mentioned anything about not letting me go out of town again, though. Even though she said that about others, but <laughs> that was because it was just so awesome and good. And thank you for that. But I, w- I want to say something a little bit about the about that trip is uh in case you don't realize this most of the people that went on that trip with staff and their spouses worked jobs outside of 2911. 11. okay they took their own vacation to go and do this. Every year we do a little bit of a, a leadership development kind of thing where we get together, we do planning. This year we took it on, on the road as far, as a missions trip to South Dakota, Native American uh, Indian village of Bullhead, which is in the Standing Rock Indian Reservation, which is the same reservation where all the protests have gone on for the last year or so, you know, uh, uh, over the over the pipeline and all this. So a lot, all, all this stuff going on all this time. And we, we didn't get to do everything we wanted to do. Actually, Vance, who is the missionary that that is there. That moved up there about eight years ago, about the same time, little about the same time that we were launching twenty nine eleven. He, t- he told me, he said, uh, he said you've got great ideas, you just need to think a little smaller. you know And I, I said, well, that's who we are at 2911. We want to dream big and believe big things. So we, we got to do, I'd say we got to do about 60% of what I was really hoping to do. But when we got out there in the streets, walking up and down the streets and kind of beginning to meet people and, and inviting them to the, to the event, we got to the event and, and the kids. One of the things about the event, if you saw a few pictures, that's all we got, is because we were so busy uh, that... We realized when we were done we, we, we didn 't have enough pictures we didn 't take enough pictures because we were all so busy connecting, cooking hamburgers and hot dogs, passing out bibles uh, the, the water the guns and balloons water balloons I, I made water balloons for over an hour. you know they were gone just as fast as I, I could make them and the kids as you can see, it looked like most of them hit Jamie if you saw any of those pictures you know and, and, and just amazing and one of the things and I failed to mention this first service, so I wanted to mention this here is, is on on Friday you know this uh, for these eight years that Vance and Tracy Bishop have lived there, one of the things he realized, he's 30-something percent Native American, but he said he really felt like what is needed is that there needs to be a Native American pastor, somebody there on the reservation, or at least coming there on, on, on back and forth to Bullhead. And on Friday, we were we were there. That was one of the days that we were there, and, and uh, we were leaving and going to get ready to come back the next day. And as we were leaving, Vance was in the car with me. And, and uh, as we were about to make a turn, he looked, he saw somebody. He didn't recognize. He said, hey, pull in here because it was obvious they, they weren't Native American. And he thought, maybe that's some people trying to do ministry. And so he said, Let, let's go see. And so we went over there. And, and we, we, met, we met a pastor Pastor Jerome, I don't even know his last name, who was actually already ministering in the Cheyenne River Reservation, which is in, in South, South Dakota. And we met him, and, and he told us, he told us, that Vance, and told us that, that he was actually having service there the next day in the community center in Bullhead. And when we got back in the car, and Vance and I had been talking just, just nonstop, we got back in the car, Vance, for about 15 minutes, Vance couldn't say anything. I mean, he responded to a question here or there, but it was like really short. He told me later, he called his wife, his wife broke down over the phone, he talked to his dad, and he said his dad was crying, you know, Cliff, uh, Cliff Bishop, his dad, because of an eight-year prayer that was answered that day for him to see that God is sending a Native American pastor into bullhead. And, and, and you know, here, here's the thing, is I, I said, you know what, Vance, I really feel ashamed that we're the ones that got to witness this. It was awesome as I got to have prayer with these guys. And I felt ashamed of that because it should have been, it should have been maybe that group from Virginia that goes up so much more than, than we've been able to help them. And I felt like that and Vance said, but you know what? If you guys hadn't been here, he said, I would not have been in Bullhead that day. I would not have met. This is the way God does things is he works all these things around and he's got a plan for everything. And Vance was over, overwhelmed. And I was too, just to be able to be a part of that. And I wanted to tell you those kinds of things that were happening because I, I really I added this to the message, so it made the message a little longer. And I, I, I sincerely hope that when somebody showed up today and, and uh, they realized that we're just letting out a, out service about 15, maybe even 20 after, and maybe they didn't just leave and say, that's going to be a long sermon today. I hope it's not going to be a long sermon. But... I added this. This is something I added after we got back from the from the mission trip. It's today's, today's sermon is, is called 13 Reasons Why. And you need to know the reasons why. So that you can do the things you need to do, so that you can fulfill your purpose. And here's one I want to this. I just added this after we came back. This is the very beginning of the message. After we came back. And this is 13 reasons why you need to go on a missions trip. And I've said this. Times and times before, but I believe every Christian needs to go on a mission trip. And if you can't leave the country for some reason, you, you can go to a mission on a mission trip. Something I'll, I'll set you up. And let me tell you. Let me tell you what you need to do is you need to t- if you if you have any desire whatsoever to go, just just to know about it, if you'll text four seven six. Two nine one one. You can take your cell phone out right now, or when I read through these. If you'll text four seven six two nine one one, I want info on a missions trip. We'll we'll get you connected and start talking to you about taking a missions trip with twenty nine eleven in two thousand eighteen. There, there may be one later this year that you can get in, involved in as well. But just text that. Here's the reasons why though you need to go. And all this was just coming back to me this week as I was as I was just thinking about the impact again that it had to be on a missions trip. Is to expand the kingdom of Jesus because that's what it's all about. It's not about just reaching the people that live in the home with you. It's about going into all the world and and preaching the gospel. You'll put less emphasis on things. When you get out there and you realize that the whole world is not strip malls and and social media and cell phones and all of that kind of stuff, you'll realize, and, and most Christians will come back and put less emphasis on things, to see that American Christianity is not the norm, but the exception. The way you and I do it, I mean, even here in our own country, we, we, you go to other places, the, 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 the Southeast American way of doing Christianity is not really the norm for the rest of the world. And there's a whole lot more people in the rest of the world than there are right here. The way we do things, I mean, it just it blows, you, blows you away. It reminds you of that. And, and that the American dream is not the only dream, and it may not be the best dream for everyone's life, to understand how blessed you really are. You know, I, I looked up this week the median income, median family income for the whole world. And you know what it is? Less than $10,000 annually. That means if your family all together, if four people in your family are working and all of you made $10,000, you are richer than half the people in the world. But most of us i don 't even know if we've got anybody that low, right I mean but most of us are well over that our families are are receiving more of that in some way in some kind of compensation it did, and, and sometimes you don't realize that because you 're just looking across the aisle at somebody who's dressed nicer or drove to church in a nicer car than you and to go there, to go somewhere like this, you realize truly how blessed you are and you witness true generosity as people who have so much less than you sometimes ten percent less or, or even less than that that they first insist on you eating before they will even eat and and sometimes it's even hard to do that to eat and and know that wait a minute you know you come on and i don't want to let me fast today let you eat but but they insist uh go go ahead next slide um to remember that being a christian isn't just cleaning up for sunday but also getting your hands dirty when you see a need thank you i was hoping for at least one uh, one amen there because we think this is our duty We've done it. Check it off. We did our duty for this week. This is not our duty. This is the beginning of our duty. Coming together to worship and glorify Him and say, now God... What are your marching orders for this week? And going on a missions trip reminds you that it's not just about cleaning up on Sunday. It's about getting dirty when there's somebody out there. And and that scripture right there is the Good Samaritan. Read that story and just think about all of that. And listen, I got so many scriptures that no way could read them all. So I got all the references there. If you go to the Sunday's page, click on that link. It'll take you to the story. It'll take you to those scriptures right there. To see that Christians come in all shapes, sizes, colors, speak different languages, and the list goes on and on and on. They're not just like me and you and it doesn't work Just like you and I think, to experience pure. Christianity because we get so caught up in the stuff. I mean, we, you know, I've, I've been pastor of churches where there was always somebody complaining about something. Thank God we don't have that here. And if it's starting to grow in you, just, just go ahead and weed that, get it out. Okay. But I've, I've been to churches where that's all it was about. is like just the arguments over little bitty stuff that doesn't really matter. And those are the people that need to get on a mission trip and realize that's not what it's about. Experience pure Christianity without air conditioning, without, you know, a screen to show you the words You've got to actually memorize the words. And did you, with, without Bibles and all of those things, pure Christianity, to get outside your comfort zone into a place that requires risk. And yes... I've I've been concerned. I've been scared on on missions trips. And I was even scared some this past week, even though we weren't out of the country. And I've been scared. You need to get out of your comfort zone. Next slide. Uh, Go ahead and get ahead of me. Just there you go. It reminds us that this Christianity thing is bigger than our own personal theology. You know, we get it all figured out, and we go on a mission trip, God just destroys it all. He just unwinds it, unwraps it, takes it all apart. And you say, wow, I was so wrong about this, 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 this. You know, and they're not even teaching you. It's just you're just watching. And you will come home wanting to do something. If you're a Christian, I don't believe you can go on a mission, a true mission trip, and come home not wanting to do something more, not wanting to go back again, not wanting to start giving to missions, praying for missionaries, or something. And you will see the heart of Jesus. Because the heart of Jesus is not that we hit all the notes. The heart of Jesus is not that we showed up on time. But thank you for those who do show up on time, enable us to get church started on time. But that's not, the, the heart of Jesus are the people. And so I really challenge you. And if you, if you, if there's any, if there's one little bit inside of you that says, I want to, I want, I want to be praying about that over the next year, then text 476 right now. 476 11 I want if info on mission trips. It just, just text that to us. Because so, I, I want to respond to you and I want to help you with that. Okay, but the, the message today is really about, it's really about setting up Blockbuster. Okay? So, what I really want to do is, first of all, right here, is I want to give you, I got, I got some lists for you, I got some more lists. 13 reasons why. We do sermon series like Blockbuster, okay? Some people want. why do you do sermon series? You know, because I always used to do, you know, one sermon, and then the next week's a different sermon, totally. Here's here's 13 reasons why. Something different and exciting. You ever get bored listening to the same old sermons every single week? I hope you don't at 2911. We try to, that's one of the reasons we do that, is we want to reignite your passion for hearing the Word of God to present it to you in some different way, you know, in this series and then in another series, and encourage creativity and a fresh approach. Now, some people don't realize this, but it is much harder for me to prepare a message like this or these that you're gonna hear the next few weeks it's much harder than to to do that than to just go to scripture, find a scripture, pray over scripture, and get a scripture and preach from that. Some message. It's much harder because it, it's it, it's out of my box as well. Is because this isn't like normal preaching, you know. And so it, it it challenges me to be more creative. It challenges me to make it more relational to you. Like like somebody told me, it said they believe that when Jesus was sitting on the mountainside, and they looked over and he saw a, a farmer sowing seed and getting ready, you know, planting his crop, and Jesus said you know, it's like, the Word of God is like that farmer over there sowing his seed. I don't know that he really saw that, but that's a really cool idea because that's what Jesus was doing, is he was relating something to them that they could understand. He was using their vernacular, and and that's that's the way, I mean, Using like Blockbuster and connecting it to movies. I mean, you may say, "Well, I'm not a movie goer. I don't even watch movies on TV." Well, you are the exception. Most of this world, and especially the people that we're supposed to be reaching, the unchurched, they watch movies. They're involved in the secular entertainment like that. And so, to to do that, it makes it more relational, makes it more relevant as we try to tie it to things. tie it to things that mean. And that's what this, this message, the la- the last half of this message, is going to be. It's going to be just really hopefully very relevant for word of mouth advertising, which is the most effective because when we do something like this, it gives you the easy opportunity, which is kind of one of the next one of the latter ones here to to invite somebody to tell some. If if commercials would get people to church, we'd do commercials. You know what gets people to church? You inviting them. This is putting it in your hands to invite them. Uh, Because we're called to reach, we're called to invite. We are not called to just enjoy. This is a great church service so far. You know, if pastor don't go too long and all that, you know, it doesn't blow it real bad. You know, this is a great church service, but we are not called to enjoy and just enjoy. We're called to enjoy and then go reach somebody, tell somebody, hey, let me tell you about the service. We had this, man, the music was just so great I think you'd really enjoy it. And you know, Jeff preached and did a really great job last week. We had to listen to Pastor this week. He didn't do too bad, you know. But just just to give you something to be able to go out there and to tell we're not called to just enjoy this. We're called to share it, to reach somebody, uh to connecting the community with to connect the community with you instead of me. That's why we don't do billboards with my big picture out there. You know, we do, we do maybe one postcard mail out every year around Easter's when we normally do that. But we don't do a lot of that because we don't want to connect them with me. They don't know me. They know you. We want to connect them with you. That's why we, we want to do these sermon series, especially stuff like Blockbuster, to give you an excuse to get back out there and connect with them. The momentum of anticipation that when you kind of get into one, you say, oh, I can't wait till next week. You know, but if it wasn't a series, you say, well, that was good. Now, I wonder what we got next week. But when there's a series, momentum of anticipation, go ahead. Momentum as sermons build on each other. Because we're not starting afresh. They can build on each other. This one builds on that one. That one builds on that one. A momentum and promotion. that Like this. Say, some of you have not yet realized that we have posted that cool video you saw just a few moments ago of the, the blockbuster intro. You, some of you might not have realized that we posted that on social media and you've not shared it yet. Now you know. So we're, you know, we got some momentum and promotion now. Now this week you can, you can kick it again. You can share it and you can, you can like it and all of that. The momentum of promotion, more leverage because we're able to go deeper and wider not just hit the high points, greater balance, better idea development with less info overload. If I were to take four sermons worth of stuff and try to put it into one sermon, it'd be info overload. But if we break it up and we're able to do a series, it's not info overload. Continuity. We we can have better focus, not changing styles and themes every week, but that you kind of know a little bit of what's coming up. An easy excuse to invite your, your friends, your family, and your neighbors, and it even equips you that that the sermon series itself is the tool that we're putting in your hands to invite somebody. So go invite somebody this week. I mean, that's, that's a, the biggest reason for all this is we want to give you an easy excuse to invite your family, your friends, and your neighbors to come to church. Because the people that, s- that say that, you know, well, I, I don't really go in for church and, you know, the boring or whatever, you know, it's just kind of, and you can say, you, you don't understand. I went to church this past Sunday half the people had on had on their superhero t-shirts you know what i don't care if you wear it again next week or whatever because we're not about all that either you know but to just say no no our church is different just doing this gives you the tool it equips you it equips you to reach your neighbors your friends and your family that's why we're doing this and so that's (coughs) that's why blockbuster 13 reasons why but here's the meat. I want to get into the meat of this now, okay? Because now I really do want to give you a little something. Not just the wives setting up the blockbuster, but here, because we all, if we're not careful, forget about our purposes. Why am I a dad? Why am I a wife? Why am I a friend? Why did God do this, leave me here, set me up this? Why am I part of this family? And we, we don't realize that. And I really want, I really want to give I want to give you 13 reasons why you need to be building a strong family because I think most people are just going with the flow. Whatever life throws at them, they just kind of accept it and go on. If you do that, you're in trouble. Your family's in trouble. If you just take whatever Because have you looked at life? If you look at what life does to people that aren't working on their life? If you want a blockbuster of a life, you have to be working on it. So let me, let me share with you this. Okay, here's the meat right here, okay? And I'm really going to be focusing on parents and grandparents right here, but teens, hang on. i got something for you as well. Kids, just hang on there. 13 reasons why you need to build a strong family, because a strong family is like a fortress. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you look like. You guys may look like, every one of you look like so different that you look like you come from, from different planets. Okay, did y'all get the Guardians connection right there, real day, okay? For those of you who are movie buffs, right? Okay, you may look like you come from different planets, but if you build a strong family in that, you know, all day long, if you're at work and you get kind of beat up and everything, if, you're, if you've got a strong home, you walk into that home and all of a sudden things are different in that home and it has been all day long. Or at school, school's been rough today, and I know we're out right now, but school's been rough today and you come home and, and you're, you have a, a really strong family, you're walking into like a fortress. All of a sudden, things are different. Okay, in the same way, a spiritually strong family is a spiritual fortress. So not just the physical stuff that you're facing all day long, but the spiritual attacks that you're facing. And here's what I need you to get, dads. Here's what I need you to get, moms. It isn't just for you. It's for every one of those kids. You need to be paying attention that when you build a spiritually strong family, what you are doing is you are building a spiritual fortress so when your kids are thrown, every single thing that the enemy can throw at them all day long, they can walk in that door because they know this is a place where the word of God is. This is a place where my parents pray. This is a place where I am safe, I am protected and I know if I've got, if I want to talk to somebody about God, I can talk to somebody about God. That That is one of the main reasons you need to be building a spiritually strong family is so that every, all all the way down to the very least one, even if they're not old enough to understand it yet, that they have a spiritual fortress to come home to every single day. Let's go, next slide. Because fathers are also important. The, the more and more I counsel people, listen, I'm not a counselor, okay? Don't ask me. If you need to meet with me, I'll meet with you one time, but I am sending you to somebody else because my way of counseling is I'll tell you what to do next time we get together. If you hadn't done it, I'm like, why are we talking? You know, until you do what I've told you to, you know, I, that's just my kind of attitude. It's like, oh, you haven't taken my advice yet. What are you asking me for more advice for? You know, I'm not a counselor that, uh, you know, I'm an encourager. I'm a challenger. I'm that, but I'm not a counselor. Okay. But, the more and more that I do, mentoring is more of what I do. And the more mentoring I do, even with teenagers, young adults, even older adults, you know what I'm finding, especially with guys, more and more, not just one, not just two, over and over and over, what I'm finding more and more with guys is, is they are still reaching back to their fathers. Their, their relationship with their dads, 30 years ago, maybe, 40 years ago, maybe, yes, even that old, their relationship with their... Here, here's what I'm telling you, is what you do, you know, dads are important, not just for what they are doing in their kids' lives now, but what they have done in the past as well. And, 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 and what we need is there was, in, in previous generations, there has been a disconnect. Listen to me, dad, and moms. But listen to me, dads, we need to reconnect our world, our kids need strong dads more than ever before, and they need you to connect again. And, and, and they need you. And, and here's the thing. Is what you see is even these, even these kids uh, who are now grown and they didn't have hardly any relationship with their dad, you know what they're doing? They're reaching back for that. Even, even those that had a bad relationship with their dad, they're reaching back that. I know some write them off, but most of them don't write it off. They want that relationship with their dads. Fathers are important. And that's another reason why you need to build a strong spiritual, spiritual family. Go on to the next one. We don't get do-overs. Think about Spider-Man and Uncle Ben. If you don't know the reference, talk to me later. Don't have time to explain it. We don't get do-overs. You ever heard the term, you can't unring a bell? You say something, you can never take it back. You can apologize, you can make it right, you can do everything, but you said something and it is recorded in somebody's memory and you can never take it back. We don't get to do this day over. Probably every one of you has thought at some point there is one day, at least one day in your life you would like to back up and redo something, but you don't get do-overs. You can apologize. Again, you can do everything you can to make it right, but when this day that we're living in right now ends, it is done. You don't get a do-over tomorrow. You can't back up and undo what you can't unring the bell of what you did. And you can't ring the bell of what you didn't do. Like like Spider-Man wishes I could go back and I'd do do what I was supposed to do that day and Uncle Ben would still be alive. And we all want that, but we don't get do-overs. That's why it's not about tomorrow. It's about right now. It's not about yesterday either. You know, whatever mistakes you made, you live in this right now. This is the only moment you have control over and you need to make the decision to do what is right and do what is needed right now. Let's go on to the next slide. We, uh, your family is under attack by a relentless enemy. We, we kind of, some people, they get this attitude and idea that, that we win the battle. And, whew, thank God that's over. You know what? It's probably not over. It's probably not over. It might be only five days. It might be five years. It might be 20 years, but the enemy is coming back. And so if you're in one of those places right now that everything's going great in your family, what you need to be doing is not taking a break. Don't go on vacation, spiritually speaking. Don't go on vacation. What you need to be doing is you need to be getting stronger and build that family stronger and stronger and getting ready because the enemy is coming back. And on that day, one of two things is going to be th- probably happening in your head. You're going to be saying, I wish I had been getting stronger and getting prepared for this attack all this time. Or you're going to say, thank God I was working and I was getting stronger and my family is ready for this attack that came against us because that en- the enemy is coming back. Um, Go ahead. Next, next slide. I, I, I need to click up here, I guess. Done. No, no. uh, because teens still need guidance. Maybe even more. I, I, I don't understand this, but it used to be like 18 or 20, or when they got out of the house, we thought, okay, kids don't want to hear us anymore. Do you know? I mean, are you looking around, and seeing what I'm seeing? That parents are saying just 13, 15, 16, somewhere in there, that they're saying, well, you know, our kids don't really want or, or need our guidance anymore. They need your guidance probably now more than ever before. They need your guidance. Just being old enough to drive a car, being old enough to vote, being old enough to enlist in the military and die on foreign soil for your country does not mean that you're so old that you don't need help and guidance and wisdom anymore. You know, I've told you, I, I've got a friend that's a counselor. I see him, you know, I ask him, I said, I need some help. I, I just need to help make some sense of this. I need a guy who's standing outside of my problems, looking down into my problems, say, oh yeah, over here. I, if I need that, then you're 13 year old needs that. Your 16 year old needs that. Your 18 year old still needs that. They still need your guidance. I got something else to share with you in a few moments about that. Uh, show, you, uh, show your kids how to just keep swimming. You know what? Sometimes you get to a place in life that the only thing you can do is just keep swimming or whatever it is you're doing, Right? And you know what? Your kids need to see you just keep swimming. They need to see you when you when you get to a place where you don't have any other options. Then what do you do? Quit? No. You just keep swimming. If the only option you've got is doing what you're doing, then you just keep on doing it. You don't quit. You don't go away. You don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. You keep doing. And your kids need to see you dealing with this. Don't hide all their issues from them. They need to see you dealing with, with roadblocks and obstacles and, and enemies that are after you and taking, taking uh, advantage of you. They need to see you dealing with all that and yet saying, yet I will not give up and keep fighting through it. Keep Keep trying to bust through the wall. Keep hanging in there. Keep holding on. Your kids need to understand and to see that. Uh, Next slide. So every family member can learn where they belong. You know, families are kind of a microcosm of the whole world. You know, and here's what what goes on with your kids. As they begin to grow up, they begin to learn some things. They learn where they fit in the family, right? You think about it like, like maybe one is the creative person, you know, and, and, and can you know always paint something or just hand them an instrument, they'll start playing it whether they've had lessons or not. Yeah, I got a cousin like that, I always hated him growing up. You know, creative, or or you've got the uh, the I Daughters, T-Crossers, gotta get an A. I mean, if they get a B, they come home crying from school, you know, or, you know the, the studious ones, and then you've got The comic, right? The card that everything's a joke and everything is funny and all of that, right? And you've got those, right? And and okay, you're smiling, you're nodding a little bit, so you know what I'm talking about. And so what your kids are doing by learning their place in the family is they're getting used to learning their place in the world as well. As they learn their place and how they fit, they're learning their place in the world. And there's this attitude that is, and I think it's really mostly been in my lifetime, I've watched this change is I've watched this change where people now think you don't really learn what it is that you're called to do until you get out of the nest. Wrong! If you've got a good nest... If you've got a good, strong family, you are learning what you will do the rest of your life while you're still in that nest. So listen, and here's why you need need this mom and dad for your kids, is because if you're not letting them begin to learn that in the nest, when they get out of the nest, they're gonna have all these other people in all these other places with all these other agendas who are going to tell them where they fit in the world, who they are and what they are, and they don't care one thing about your kids. You are the one who's willing to die for them go to the mattress for them, whatever it takes to stand for them, you are the one that is willing to do that. Then you are the one that while they are in the nest in that strong spiritual home, you're the one that needs to help them begin to understand where they fit in the world. Ne- next slide. Because of the new drug. You heard of this new drug? You know, well, that's been around a long time, but now it's a drug. I don't have time to develop this whole thought, but it's the new drug, fighting the new drug, pornography. Pornography. <clears throat> Even secular researchers, and listen, if you go to the Sunday's page, you get down to this part of the outline, you'll see a couple of articles there. And one of of them basically is saying this, that even, even secular researchers today are now saying, they're finally agreeing, okay, we now know what porn does to kids. I think we've known that all along. I think we've just been ignoring it. And here's what this article says. I think it's even in the title of one of the articles that is that I've got there for you on the Sundays page, is it says, they're finally admitting this, but is it too late? Is it too late because because now, I mean, our, our world is flooded with pornography. This room right now is filled with pornography. Do you know it? Every single cell phone in here, every single smartphone in here, is filled, it's a, a click away and you've got our world is full of pornography. And that's why you need a spiritually strong home. Also, the next slide is suicide, right? Suicide. And here's the stat. The number of teens and kids admitted to hospitals due to suicide attempts has doubled in the last 10 years. They've had more stuff they have more things to do, yet they are twice as likely to try suicide today than they were ten years ago. Something's not right. Something's going wrong. Your kids need to connect with you. If they if they don't talk to you, then you, man, whatever you've got to do, you say, well, they got to have their. No, I, I wish I had time to preach to you about that freedom lie that that you know that uh, that. A privacy lie that is being told to us as well. No, if you need to say, no, you're not leaving this house till we talk. And we talk serious That's what it takes. Do it. You need to find out because, because the worst thing can happen to you is, is you know today I need to talk to my kid and you don't push and you don't push, you don't push till they do and then find out tomorrow. They, they, they start drugs or alcohol or they attempt suicide. You need to do whatever it takes to do that of so, Uh, the next one over. Leave nothing to chance because of all these things happening all around them, you can't afford to leave anything to chance. Joshua said it this way, you decide what you're going to do, but as for me in my house, right? Yes. I'm going to make sure I've got the right scripture. We are going to serve the Lord. Dad, mom, if you have not yet, you need to make the decision decide today. And your kids need to see you make that decision. Not that you step up on stage here today and say, I'm making the decision. You know, if I did that, probably a lot of you do it and you'd really wouldn't mean it. You know, what's more important is that they see it in the actions they see it in the language and the way you, not just what you say, but how you say it to everybody that lives in that home, when the pastor's not looking and not listening, the way that you act and and the way they need to see that you read the Bible. You know, they need to see you get your smartphone out and and go to the Bible and, and look over your shoulder and see what what you're doing and see you reading the Bible, they need to see that you have made your mind up that no matter what the rest of the world does, as for me and this house, we're going to serve the Lord. And you need to decide to leave a legacy of godliness. Now, I mentioned this several, several weeks ago. I preached on it a few weeks later. So I'm not going to take a lot of time here, but I'm going to say this is what happens when you don't pay attention. Eli was the high priest of Israel. Yet the word of God says his two sons were scoundrels. One of them was probably going to end up being the high priest of Israel if they hadn't been scoundrels. And you know, when when God, I felt the call of ministry in my life, I asked God for two things. It wasn't like, God, I'll do it if. I said, no, God, I'll go anywhere. But I do ask you for two things. One of them was this. Don't let me lose my family. I don't want to lose my, I don't want to be an Eli that gets all of the blessings of ministry that people think you get by, you know, being in ministry. And take all of that stuff, And then lose my family and my kids and my grandkids end up being scoundrels that don't know you, who you are. You need to make sure. And and, and even if you're a granddad today and you think it's not too late you can still leave a legacy of godliness. Let grand, grandparents, uh, uncles, aunts, great-grandparents, you as well, you need to be, your, your, your kids, grandkids, nieces and nephews, they, they need to know that you are the one they can count on. That if they need prayer, they know somebody that'll pray the prayer. That if they need, they need encouragement, they know somebody that, that if, if they're lost and they don't have the answers, if, if they're, they're struggling to just, they know somebody that can get in the word of God can find them an answer and help them. They, they need that, that's why. Oh, I gotta hurry. This is the last of this, of this list. To point your family to the source of real strength to give them Jesus. This is your purpose, dad. This is your purpose, mom. Before anything else, it is to make sure the rest of your family is pointed toward Jesus. Nothing else matters. How much money they make when they get out of your house does not matter more than this right here. Now I'm, I'm going to meddle right here again, okay, a little bit. If I've meddled a little bit, I'm going to meddle a lot. If you think I've meddled a little bit, I'm fixing to meddle a lot, okay? When I was a youth pastor, and I was a youth pastor before I was a pastor for quite a few years, this used to happen on a regular basis. As far as I know, it's not happening here at 2911. may have happened in the past. I hope it's not happening, but I'm not addressing this because. I'm addressing this in case of it enters your mind, Dad, Mom. Because when I was a youth pastor, a lot of times what I would have is I would have maybe a a teen that didn't show up. And and I would call and and say, oh, well, they got in trouble, da-da-da, doing something or whatever. And so they're grounded and they can't go out and do any of those things or come to teen group. And I'm like flabbergasted, exasperated, just beyond discouraged. And I want to say this. So I want to say it exactly like this, okay? So I'm going to read it with you. Grounding your teen from teen group when they are struggling is like telling someone who binged on Twinkies yesterday they can't go to their weight loss program today. The thing about that, you know, some of y'all work out, Hannah, Jamie, Lexi, you know, if y'all eat a box of Twinkies today, we're not going to let you go work out tomorrow because you ate a box of Twinkies today. Tell me, the person that ate the box of Twinkies, who needs to go work out tomorrow more than that person that ate the box of Twinkies? I mean, come on, let me help you out here just a little bit. When your teen is having problems, the last thing they need to be to need is to be grounded from teen group. they need to be at every single teen thing because of all that stuff I've been telling you and some other stuff. On t- but so let, let me—I got one more little thing to say about this before I go on. Okay. And I want to say it exactly like, so i am read with you again, okay? I also wanted this up on screen so you could take some time, take a picture if you want to so you remember. When your teen is struggling, many times what you see is not the problem. It's just a symptom. The real issue is deeper, often darker than even what you're seeing. I want to scare you to death right now, mom and dad and almost always spiritual. Don't treat the symptom, treat the cause. Don't just give them the discipline of saying, well you enjoy teen group, I'm making you stay home today. Don't give them just the discipline, give them Jesus. Come on, don't lose sight of what is important here. Every single time there's a teen group, anything, your teen needs to be there. I'm gonna tell you why right here, right now. This is my last list and I I know what time it is. I hope you don't have a roast in the oven and you gotta go home. I hope you can stay for this last list, okay? I'm gonna do this one as fast as I can, okay? Last list. And this one, I really wanna speak to the teens, but parents, you listen too, okay? 13 reasons why you teenagers need 2911 teens. And if you attend another church, you're just here visiting today, then just change 2911 to whatever your church is, okay? Because I'm not trying to say you need to come here. But if you're here, if you have kids, if you have teens, this is why. And teens, I'm talking to you right now, okay? First reason is because of the negative peer pressure that is out there. And you know it, it's worse today than it was when I was growing up because of the alcohol and drugs and the prevalence of unrestrained sexual immorality that completely surrounds you. I mean, you guys, you guys are seeing stuff by accident that I wouldn't have seen when I was 20 years old going out looking for it. I mean, that's, that's what's happening. You are surrounded by this. That's why you need 29-11 teens, because of suicide. Because of suicide being all around you, because the, even the glorification of suicide. Because you need reality, which you won't get from movies, music, and social media. Okay, I'll tease you just a little bit, didn't I? Because some of you, especially you teens, know that the title of this sermon actually came from a Netflix show, 13 Reasons Why? And re- one of the reasons you need, to, you need to be in teen group is because you need to know, you need to hear what you're not going to hear on that TV show or any other TV show. You see, here's, here's what a lot of people are trying to tell you is that, oh yeah, that's and, and here's what some people are getting from this, is that revenge is the answer. And here's a way you can get revenge. And this young lady gets revenge. and you know Maybe, maybe you're so wise enough you're not getting that, but there are a lot of teens that that's what they're reading from this is revenge is the way. Can I, but can I tell you something? That's not reality. Might make it for a good TV show, but it's not reality. The person that you're mad at and you want to get revenge to, of, that you want to get revenge on them, you know what? They're, they're down at the mall this afternoon. You know, they're, not, they're not upset. They're not all upset you got revenge on it. They're, down at the, they're, they're over at Yogurt Mountain ha- having you know, a big old cup full of all that junk. I mean, they're, they're having a great time. You're the one. And if if you allow yourselves to be lied to, that's not what is, the reality is not that you're really getting revenge on them. They're getting more on you because you're the one still struggling with it. Okay, now here's where I got to throw something in back to the parents, okay? Just back again to your teens needing this. And I held this for this moment because I want to really make sure the teens made this connection. And I want you parents to make this connection. If your teen is watching 13 Reasons Why, here's something I need to ask you. Do you know what it's rated? It is rated TV mature. Do you know that there are a lot of school systems that are now putting word out, thank God, finally the school systems are getting it too. You know, just like that porn thing. Now finally, you know, they're waking up, but is it too late? Do you know why it's rated mature? You know what it means? And this, this was not a bunch of preachers that came together and said, this thing needs to be rated TV mature. This thing was rated by people who aren't Christians and saying, and when it's rated TV mature, what that means is it is not suitable for minors. Now, if, you, if your teen is watching this and you don't know anything about it, you need to look into it. How do I look into it? Glad you asked, 476-2911. I sound like an infomercial for today for our, TV, our telephone. But if you will text 476-2911, if you will text to that number, I want the resources Pastor was talking about something about to help me with movies and knowing what is appropriate. This won't tell you what movies to watch. It'll help you know. And some of you already know these places, but if you don't text me, I'll send these to you. It'll help you know what is in movies, what is in TV programs, so you can make a decision. But let me just tell you, in case you don't know, 13 Reasons Why is rated TV mature because... First of all, the whole thing centers around a girl committing suicide, and it is a graphic scene that shows her committing suicide and then bleeding out in a bathtub. And it, and it includes rape scenes. Did you hear me? That was plural. Multiple rape scenes. Nudity, teens drinking, well, they've seen that before. Do you want them to keep seeing that? I mean, come on, mom, dad. You know, uh, more and more violence and on and on and on and on. That's why it has the TV mature rating. And that's, that's what even the world is trying to help us understand. But this is why teens, you need to be in a teen group that is helping you weed through some of these things because you're not going to get reality. That's not the reality that is out, that, that is out there in the world. They're not going to give you, I, I, I got to hurry. I know I got to close. Positive peer pressure. You need to be around other teens who love God. Positive role models, you need to be around adults who love God. If you have parents and grandparents who love God, you are blessed more than most people, most teens in this world. But even if you have them, you still need to be around other adult role models who are Christians. Go ahead. It's a spiritual atmosphere geared to your age and your needs. It's to remind you that the world doesn't revolve around you, to give you opportunity to to serve. The teen group is going to have serve projects this summer. You need to be involved Uh, to challenge you to be your best, to teach you what you won't learn elsewhere, to tell you what you won't hear elsewhere. And you need theology. Listen to me, teen. You need to discover who God is, who he says he is. And being in teen group, you will be around adults who will take the time to answer your questions and help you discover who God says he is. That's why you need to be. These are the 13 reasons you need to be in teen group. I got one scripture to share with you in close. So can I ask you to join me at the front? We like to close around front. If you're a first time attender, just let you know, we like to close around front with a final song, a final prayer. And if you're comfortable, we'd love to have you join us down front. So come on this way and let me give you this last, last, I think five verses of scripture we'll read together. Thank you for being here and thank you for sticking with me in this. And if you will, everybody take a couple steps this way and let's get everybody out of the aisle. So everybody's down front with us. 13 reasons why, but I've actually given you 53 reasons why. But it's kind of hit different segments of different things, right? So, you know, hopefully you got some of your stuff. But if you go to the studies page, every one of these lists is there. All right? Uh but I want to give you 13 more. Okay? So you're gonna get 66 reasons why today. But I'm not gonna go through it like we just did. It's actually in my scripture from Ephesians chapter 4 that I want to close with right here. And you're gonna see Thirteen reasons why I laid out right there. I don't have time to preach this, but but we're going to walk through it just real quick. And I want you to see these are the reasons why you need to be working on your life. You want to blockbuster life? It's not going to happen by accident. You want your kids to know you're God? It's not going to happen by accident. You want to have a great marriage? It's not going to happen by accident. You want to put it all together? You want to not be confused by everything going on around you in the world? You want to not be led astray? It's not going to happen by accident. You have to work at it. Here it is, Ephesians chapter 4. And these numbers over here are not the verses. That's the actual breakdown of the 13 reasons, okay? Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. This was not an act. God, God chose some things to happen I mean, he's, this is on purpose, okay? Their responsibility is to equip God's people. They have a responsibility. This is not, again, this is not an accident. To do his work, there's something to do. Build up the church. Go ahead, the body of Christ. Go ahead, um, Brad. This will continue, continue. It didn't happen today and it's not over. It's got to continue until we come to unity in faith and knowledge of the God's son that, that we share with one another. I learned something I share with you. You learned something you share with me and we just keep doing this until we come together in unity of our knowledge of him that will be, we will be mature in the Lord. Grow up, grow up, not be the same person next week that we were today, not be the same person next year that we were today. Uh, Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, not that we will ever be Christ or be like him, but to try and measure up to the standard that he has set, then then we will no longer be immature like children. Go ahead, Brad. But let me say, every person, no matter how old you are, you need to hear that. You know, even if you're a Christian, hey, that we will no longer be like children, okay? We don't need to be acting like children. Okay. All right. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. And there's a bunch of them out there. Let me, can I say this again? One more time. Don't Google a question about the Bible or about God, and just take that just as it's written. It, 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 you got to be real careful when you go, because there's a lot of junk out there. And, and here's one of your best. If, if you've got a question. Let me say it one more time, 476-2911. Just, just send a text there. I mean, let that, let that become your, your, your little 411 for info, you know, kind of thing of, 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 of 476-2911. I got a question about what I read on there. This person said this. Just text that real quick. We want to answer those questions. You got to be careful because there's a lot of new teaching. And we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. And listen, I see a lot of Christians post a lot of stupid, stuff on Facebook like it's scripture and like it's base, based on something. And, it, and it's not. It is so close. And, and we're, we just get confused. But if we'll be doing these things, uh, we, won't, we won't fall into those tricks. Instead, we will speak the truth. we got to know the truth to speak the truth. We'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the, the church. Now, Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. And when she does, I want us to just make that you know it's, it, hopefully out of 66 things hopefully one of them hit you today. And and, and now in this last closing song, I want us to make this like a just a, a declaration, a recommitment to God that yes God, I, I want to be what you've spoken, what the Holy Spirit spoke, not what pastor said, but what the Holy Spirit spoke into my heart today. I want that. So let's do that. Go ahead when you can, Jamie. Jamie's going to lead us. I want us to make that. No, I don't have a word of prayer but